0: Hi everybody. Thank you for listening. This is Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I'm Andrew Shepard and welcome to the sixth episode of this podcast. If you are listening for your first time, welcome. If you're listening and this isn't your first time, welcome back. Um, I am very happy to be doing another episode, and I want to thank everybody for all of their feedback and support. You guys are the ones who are helping make this possible for me. So let's get right into it today. Um, As always, if you do want to contribute to the show, you can reach me on all social media platforms as AJ VanderTunt, A-J-A-Y-V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T, Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly and submit content, questions, feedback, you want my opinion on something, feel free to send me an email at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in George, B as in boy, B as in boy at gmail.com. So now let's get into it. (laughs) Today's episode is all about being gay, black, and dating. And I know previously I did a episode about being gay, black, and single. So I decided let's take it further and let's have an episode that has to do with dating. Now, dating and what it entails are specific to me. I know that I do have some different outlooks that in conversations with people, friends, people who I don't know personally, but just have had the talks with, I view them a little bit differently. So, the first thing that I do want to start off with, it's a quote from Halle Berry, and I love Halle Berry. So she said, "The times may have changed, but the people are still the same. We're still looking for love, and that will always be our struggle as human beings." I love this quote. I heard it a while ago, and it is just something that I just thought was amazing. I mean, she's right. Time change, unfortunately, people don't, but people are out there looking for things. I mean, if you go on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of them, at some point, and I guarantee you if you were to do it right now, you can go on whatever timeline or feed you're on and you'll see one of those pictures that says goals and it's got like two people who are getting married or people standing in front of an altar or doing something really quirky and cute, and it's like relationship goals. Now, those are great. Those are fantastic. And I know some people look at them and they're like, oh, that's really what I want. That's my goal. But we only see that one moment in the picture. We don't know everything else has gone into the work, or even if these people are together. They could just be really well-paid models or doing it for free, but they're getting the likes for it you never know. So I bring that up because dating and relationships to me are two completely different things. When you're dating, you're getting to know somebody. You're establishing a friendship. You are meeting for maybe the first time or maybe meeting up again. Maybe you guys met each other in the past or something, and now you're starting to develop something. So I look at it as dating. It's more serious than just a random hookup, but it's less serious than a relationship. A relationship I see is something that has a very specific goal in mind. There is a path that the relationship may follow, not as far as the timeline or things you're going to experience, but you're investing more because you know that this is that moment where you're going to be with that person and that person only. And the goal is to keep that going as long as it can or forever, or hopefully get to the point of marriage or you know whatever your end goal is to have that singular life with that person. Or if you happen to be in an open relationship, you still have that person as your main person. And then, you know, however you guys designate what is open to you, you do that. Um, So dating for me is not the most serious of things. Dating doesn't always entail just going out for dinner or drinks or something. It can be just hanging out with somebody. You're getting to know them. It's great. It may be lighthearted. And you're just interacting with another individual. It could lead to a sexual path or maybe sex may never be a factor in it. But because you're getting to know each other or if you know each other already and you're not looking for the relationship of severe commitment or extreme goals or the hope of getting married, I consider that dating since you're not really looking for those Maybe if I say statement pieces, maybe that'll make sense, where I look at dating as I'm eating off of paper plates. I may have some plastic cups, and if it's not that serious, you can bet that they are red solo cups. When I'm in a relationship, we're eating off glassware. We have metal utensils. The cups are no longer just cups. They're stemware, and they're monikered. You know There is a purpose. This is going to get reused. It shall be washed. It shall be polished. It shall be dried out on a dish rack or in a dishwasher. But these things are here to stay. For dating, the utensils do the job. The plates hold the food. If you are the type of person to rewash paper plates, um, I do know people you can talk to for that. If you are the type to rewash plasticware, which some people do, and I will be completely honest, I eat takeout so much that half of my Tupperware, and I say that with air quotes, is from Chinese restaurants. I never have to worry about having a container to pack food in because I rewash those things and use them. That's kind of like dating. It is a vessel that's going to hold food. It keeps going, but there is a end life for this product. I do know that I'll either have to get a new one, upgrade the original, or it's just not going to last. That's kind of how I view it. Hopefully, that makes sense. Um, Now, when it comes to dating, dating is not the easiest process, but I can say it's pretty damn fun. You know, when you're dating... You have that just ability to float from one thing to another, not aimlessly, not saying there isn't a goal in mind, but you have the ability to do things that in a relationship you couldn't do. You know, when you're dating, at least to me when I'm dating, I am not responsible for checking in with you at the end of the night, or there's no deadline when I should be talking with you or texting you. You know, it's like, okay, we arrange, we touch base, we go out, we eat, we stand, relax. Whatever it is in that date ship that we're doing, I still have me and I don't have to worry about the things that I would if I was in a relationship with somebody. I mean, when you're in a relationship, I can't disappear for four days. I can't just disappear four days and then just hit you up with a text message that says, hey, what's up? How's it going, stranger? Or something like that. I can't do that. My relationship, I feel like there's definitely a at least once talking within a 24-hour period if you don't see each other. So one thing that is very important, and I can say it for myself, when it comes to dating is your state of mind. Your state of mind I feel like is what starts the entire process of dating. And your state of mind will determine if you have a good time dating or maybe dating just is a terrible time for you. It is not the only factor, but I feel like it's the starting point because only you can say when you're ready to date. I mean, nobody else can tell you that you're ready to date. So I can say for myself, I am in the dating phase right now. I am not looking for a relationship as of yet. If a relationship does come along, that's a whole different conversation. But I know right now for myself, mentally, I have the capacity and ability to date. I don't have the capacity and ability right now to have a relationship. I can say that for myself. And that state of mind is very important because it helps you determine where this is going to go. How serious this should be, and it also helps to make sure that you can respect the wishes of the other individual or individuals that you are dating. So, to start off, I use myself. After my relationship that I had that was very serious, and this was years ago, I tried to get back on the horse and just start dating. Now, I was in a serious relationship and it didn't end well. The guy I was dating, we were together for a couple of years. He ghosted on me, like completely disappeared. I had no idea where he was, hadn't talked to him. It's been almost four years now since that relationship. I still don't know what happened to the man. And I'm okay with that. But when it first occurred that he was gone, I tried to start dating a couple of months after that. And it just was not working out. I was either meeting guys who were giving me sweet nothings, telling me everything, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. And the dating turned into a rebound relationship, and it it was terrible. Or I ended up setting unreal expectations for the places I was looking for a relationship So I'd go to a bathhouse where you're going to go hook up with guys under the impression that, hey, one of these guys, if I hook up with them, I'm going to get his number. We're going to start talking. We're going to get serious. It'll only take about a week or two. We're all good. And it's because I was mentally not ready. I was still in that damaged place for my relationship that I didn't know how to healthfully be out in the world and try to date. So Understanding that for yourself is important. It's not being selfish for you to just want to date instead of having a relationship, even if there is somebody that maybe you're dating or courting at the time who wants to make it more serious. You have to be self-aware and you have to know what you can handle. Some of the warning signs, and I can just tell you from experience, to say that I was not ready was I immediately got annoyed with the person I was trying to date and they did absolutely nothing wrong. Or I would instantly have all these walls and guards up of, oh, I hate this. I hate this. And I was only saying I hated it because they said they liked it. You know, I was trying to find something combative to have. I was not ready. And then my anxiety would go through the roof at times trying to date and it just didn't work. So once I started going to therapy and talking about these things and understanding where my mind was at, understanding that I had to be self-aware of what I could handle, even when it comes to dating, is very important. I would never have a healthy dating life if I didn't have a healthy mind. So therapy, like I talked about last, last episode, is great. If you need resources, please reach out and I can point you in the direction that helped me get into therapy. So now, after... You look on the internal of looking at your state of mind, getting your state of mind to a healthy place where you can start dating. Next, you have to set expectations. First, you have to set those expectations for yourself. My expectations when it comes to dating is okay, I know that I have to have boundaries. I know when it comes to me dating, I. I'm not ready for a situation where we are living in the same space. You know, I've seen live in date chips or live in boyfriends, which, if that is a situation you like, there's nothing wrong with that. I know for myself, I can't do that. Far too much interaction with the other individual that I'm dating. It's just too much for me. A part of dating as well, and there was a guy I was trying to date for a while is understanding how much information is too much information when you're in the dating phase you know we were talking very nice guy intelligent great person and anytime we would talk whether it was in person or on the phone the conversation would start off great of how are you how are things going all those things that were great you know just light conversation And then I would notice always at some point into our conversation within the first 10 minutes, it got really, really heavy. Like he would want to dump all of his depression or frustration on me. And I couldn't handle that. I was not prepared for that. I was prepared for light conversation, still getting to know each other. I mean, at the point where we started having these conversations, we were only technically dating for a week and a half. And then I learned some very deep, intimate details about his life from the conversations that I just felt d- dived way too deep for dating. Just way too deep. I mean, there's always a great venting point, you know, when you're frustrated, I feel like you should be able to talk to the person you're dating. But in a dating situation, because I don't take them as serious as a relationship, I don't feel it's appropriate to have those earth-shattering, deep depression conversations or those very, very serious things. Like if we're dating, I don't feel like I want to have a conversation about us having kids or moving in together. I This dating thing is not geared towards that section of my life. So I just don't understand the point of those conversations or the things where it's just every day, it's just a hard hard thing i mean negative emotions are contagious and like with the guy i was previously talking about with dating i could understand that he wanted somebody to talk to about his depression but i was not ready for that that is a very serious and committed situation and that's how i look at it because depression is serious and real and as somebody who's dating who's not going to be here at every single moment somebody who's not going to be able to be that person who can run through and help out because maybe I don't have that commitment factor at that point in time, didn't work for me. And it was a conversation we ended up having to have. And I I cut things off because I could not provide what he was looking for. His expectations were far different than mine. And the fact that I understood my expectations and knowing what I could handle, being self-aware, Help save us both from pain and hurt and bad feelings because he respected the fact that I told him, I don't think that this will work because this is just going too fast for me at a pace that I'm not looking for. And then when you set expectations, not only are you setting them for yourself, it is important to set them for the other person. So With expectation setting, it is like laying the foundation for whatever interaction you're going to have and making sure that you are clear and concise about your expectations is very, very important. One thing that I could say in expectation when it comes to dating that I feel is very vague when you want to be specific with setting expectations is, oh, what would you like from a Interaction, relationship or us dating. And if I were to say, oh, I just want to be respected, that to me is very general because maybe that person's idea of respect is completely different than mine. To me, maybe respect is when you come to my house or we hang out over here, put the toilet seat down and the cover down. Don't flush it with it open. I feel like you're disrespecting me if you do that. That's very specific and to the point. It's a clear thing that's like, this is why I feel disrespected, or this is what disrespects me. At that point, now, if it occurs, you can have that conversation and say, hey, these are the expectations I set. You're not meeting them. Maybe this isn't going to work out, or maybe we can come to a solution. So I think it's very important to be specific with your expectations. Um, One that I see a lot, and it's just from groups that I'm in when it comes to relationship talk or dating One that I see a lot and that is very huge, some people set the expectation of, I want a guy who can support himself, support me, and is good at sex. To me, those are very vague expectations again, because when you say support, what is support? Is it financial? Is it monetary? Well, those are the exact same things. Is it monetary or is it emotional? Is it just being there. Do you want me to help you hide a body? Are we doing cosplay together? It's very open if you're just like, oh, I just want them to be there. So for me, setting the expectation and being specific is very, very important. And then another part of it with setting your expectations and being self-aware is knowing what you can provide physically to the situation and what you can provide mentally to the situation. So to refer back to the other guy I was talking about dating, who would tell me all of the depressive things that he was going through, mentally, I was not able to support or handle that myself. The depression was becoming contagious to me. So that was an expectation that I had to go back to once we talked to say, this is why I'm ending this dating situation. Physically, I've had those two where in a dating situation, someone may want you to be there every day. Every day they want to hang out, every day they want to see you. That is a physical expectation. If you can't do that, which me, I will use myself, I cannot. I can't be around somebody all the time because I want my own space. You know, I don't want to have to check in or feel like I'm obligated to check in because we're going to see each other every day. So for me, physically, I can't do that. Or maybe you get into a dating situation and you're not into the sex. Or maybe you want a lot of sex. If you want tons of sex, but the person you're trying to date can't handle that physical demand of all the sex, Maybe it's time to rethink or compromise. Or maybe you don't want sex at all, but somebody wants sex. It's very important to address that right then and there. Dating isn't all about the sex. It's other things too, but that can become a factor in your dateship. So, you know, why not talk about it? It's, it's very important to know yourself. And I feel if you're going to date you have to know yourself even more than you would in a relationship situation. Because to me, in a relationship, that person is going to start to know your ins and outs. They're going to be able to maybe complete your sentences or thoughts, or at least know how to react when something's going on. In a date or dating scenario, because there's not always that connection and contact. Maybe they don't know how to give you the support that you need. So you're going to have to be mentally shored up in a way to support yourself. I hope this is making sense. (laughs) So once the mental is set in place, once your expectations for yourself are set in place, before you can even interact with another person, you have to have the meeting of that other person, right? And this is where the fun begins so with meeting there are the dating apps you know tinder grinder jacked scruff hornet facebook all those apps out there that you can just you know find people to interact with and when you're on those dating apps expectations always go back to it are a very important thing to establish but You also want to look at the platform that you're on because that can play a huge factor on the caliber of people who are out there and what they're thinking about. So I'll use an oldie but goodie. It's a fossil. My people who are part of the gay community, you probably know it. The website is Adam for Adam. It's like stone tablet writing when it comes to these meeting apps and websites. Adam for Adam, when you log into Adam for Adam, at the top of the pages in the bottom, there is porn, active porn, small videos of people, you know, fucking and doing whatever. Or at the top, there's pictures and naked guys and all this stuff. That's a hookup site. I know not every single person on these sites are there for a hookup. Including Adam for Adam. You're not always there for just a hookup. Maybe there's other things you're looking for. But I feel if you go onto that website and you're looking for a long-term committed relationship, I don't see that being a huge possibility. The website itself is geared towards hookup and sex. So yes, their gems are out there if you're looking for a gym of a relationship, but you're gonna have a harder time from what's surrounding that situation. I mean, it's kind of like thinking, let me go to a bar for peace and quiet. There may be an area of the bar that's a lot quieter, but you'd have peace and quiet if you stayed home. So it's not that you shouldn't go explore it, but have an expectation of yourself of what you will actually find. Then there's other apps that are out there, where they're a little more relationship focused, you know, they don't allow nude pictures, whether they're locked or unlocked, or it's specific to dating information. You can't talk about sexual things. You can't post sexual things. Those sites, maybe you'll have better luck looking for a relationship there. We all know the instant hookup is still alive. It is alive and well, and you know, it has helped tons of people in this world, including me. But If I'm not looking for a hookup, then I'm going to go to sites that aren't hookup focused, if that makes sense. Another part of meeting, which I prefer more than apps and websites, is meeting at bars, parties, social situations where there's active things going on, I think that's better for meeting, at least for me, especially when I'm looking to date and not just hook up. I like to meet face to face in a social setting where we're not alone, but we're not being the focus of or the center of attention. We're there to socialize, have fun. It's a light atmosphere. And whether it's the first meeting or we're going out on a date or something that I feel a lot more comfortable with if I'm not looking for a hookup. And the great part about being in those situations is I feel like your pickup lines are even better. So when you're on a dating app, some guy's pickup lines is just an unsolicited dick pic. It's just like, oh, okay, message from such and such. Boom, dick pic. And it's like, oh, well, I didn't expect to get that. But now that it's here, I have a decision to make. In person, imagine how weird it would be if you're just, let's say, at 7-Eleven, you happen to run into a hot guy and there's no talking, there's no conversation, there's no really extended eye contact or anything. The guy just kind of walks up to you and just whips out his dick, like in the middle of the aisle in front of the Kit Kats, like just whips it out. And just stands there with it just dangling in the breeze. That would be so awkward. I know some people would love it. But in a dating situation where I want to get to know you more than your dick, but not enough to marry you, I would just feel weird. I would just feel weird. I would not get it. So meeting in person, I think is fun because you get the chance to use pickup lines and all kinds of shit. Freaking love it. My favorite pickup line of all time has never worked, but I swear I will bag a guy one day by saying it. Hey, you have great hands. Do you want to come back to my house and get them wet by helping me wash my dishes? I've got a lot of spoons. (laughs) I will bag somebody one day with that line. (laughs) And that will happen. Or another one that I love. And somebody said this to me before, fell in love with it. It was amazing. He definitely got a big hug out of it. He said, Hey, are you an animal lover? Because I have pets at home. And if you don't come home with me, I'll beat them. Terrible. (laughs) I know. But I laughed hysterically because I knew the guy was joking. Don't beat your pets if people won't date you. It's not the pet's fault. It's not anybody's fault. Just the fact that you're not that person's type, or maybe they're not yours. But then I've heard some horrible pickup lines, like some very, very bad ones where it's like, did you expect to take a person home or were you looking to offend them? Where it's just like, oh, you got a fat ass bitch or something like that. And it's just like, um, okay, I'm standing in front of my mom, but uh, you know, I mean, this isn't going anywhere. So I guess it doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean pickup lines are great and you guys I would love it I want to start this and make this a thing I would love for you guys to send me one bad pickup line whenever you think of it and at the end of every show if I get enough of them I will start just doing bad pickup lines to end the show a bad pickup line to end the show is the last thing. So that way, you guys, I want to hear what you think. And this gives the chance that if somebody else hears your pickup line and they like it, maybe they'll start using it or maybe you'll meet. Who knows? I think that could be pretty fun. Um, and then another thing that I do like, um, especially when it comes to dating, is that initial period of contact when you are interested in another person. You know, some people call it shooting your shot. Some people it's the pick up or it's like, okay, let me swallow my courage and go talk to this individual. And I think that's always fun. I will tell you, shoot your shot. Take it. Do not be afraid or scared or embarrassed. The worst thing that the person can say to you is they're not interested. And at the end of the day, yeah, it sucks. Rejection is no lot. Is not fun. But this just gives you an opportunity to go find another individual to go hit on or try to start something with, which is just so much fun. Like right now, I will shoot my shot. If anybody anybody if anybody happens to know Idris Elba. Idris If you ever decide to go and experiment with a guy, I am here for you. I will just caress your head, give you some mother's milk or something, and you don't have to worry about life ever again. You don't have to act in a movie. You don't got to do shit. You just enjoy yourself, lay back, and I am there when you are ready to date. I will not marry you, though. The reason why I won't marry you is because I get the feeling you'll ask for a prenup and I don't want a prenup with you. If it ends, I'm taking all of it, just so you know. But if you're interested, Idris, you know, get at me. (laughs) So if somebody knows Idris Elba, pass that along to them. Um, But that's kind of shooting your shot right there. I guess that's an example of it. And do it. I will encourage every single person, do it. Life is too short to not speak to somebody when you really want to get to know them. Or if you got the crush bug on them and you want to see what a date about, do it. And what do you have to lose? All that's waiting is for you to take your next breath. That's it. Um... So after, you know, you meet and you get the awkward pickup lines or you shoot your shot, comes the actual dating phase. And that can be fun. It can be because you get to interact with somebody on a different level, maybe a level that you haven't had a chance to. You also get to know them more, but in a very safe process. I feel like it's safer to get to know somebody as you're dating because It's still a pretty judgment-free zone. I mean, a lot of relationships are just judgment-free. But at this point, you don't really know them. They don't really know you. You're getting to know each other. Who's who to judge, right? After the meeting, while you're getting to know each other, you start interacting more. And this is where things can get very messy or very, very fun. I want to share a story with you guys. It's about myself and a re a recent date that I had. This was a couple of weeks ago. I met a guy we met when I was actually down at the bus station. I always take public transit. I love it. And we happened to just bump into each other and we're standing at the terminal just talking, waiting for the bus to get there and we ended up, you know, kicking it off pretty nice. He was a very nice guy. We talked. I mean, physically, he was great. Definitely my type. And we exchanged numbers. Then we started talking, texting, phone calls a little bit more. Not an everyday thing, but, you know, enough so we know that we're both interested in dating. We set some boundaries of what the dating would actually be. You know, spending the night was not an option if we did interact. What kind of dates we want to go on? We got pretty, you know, a, a good foundation set. So we went on a couple of dates, out for dinner, went to a couple bars. It was great. Then I invited him over to have drinks and have like a little movie night to just chill. There was no expectation of sex, but it was not ruled off either. So, you know, it was a possibility that could happen. And the night started off really well. He came to my apartment, maybe about six or seven-ish, I want to say. We watched Jeopardy. That was great. Put on uh, some movie. I don't remember what it was because it really did not get watched. And I wish I was saying that because I was happy it didn't get watched. But I put on a movie, and we're talking, not really paying attention to the movie, just kind of just talking to each other. And then he leans in for a kiss. The kiss was great. And, you know, it was like a little bit of tongue, but I, you know, pulled away after maybe about a good 30 seconds. And... He still wanted to, you know, kiss more and do more. So, you know, he leaned in again, kissed me again, but this time went down to my neck and started biting on my neck. So, at first, I entertained it. It was, you know, flirty and whatever. And then I'm like, okay, after, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, okay, we're going to stop. We're good. So, he did not stop. And actually started biting me harder and then kind of leaned in on top of me at this point. Now, me, I'm 5'6". I weigh maybe 180 pounds. He is 6'5 and weighs 250 pounds, way bigger than me. So he starts biting even harder at this point, And then I'm like, stop, I'm like, that hurts. And his response back is oh, no, baby, just hold on to me. And at this point, I'm trying to push him off of me. And I'm saying, stop, that hurts. It was no longer fun, none of that. He still tried to continue for at least another 30 seconds or so until this point where I'm like physically using all of my force to push him off of me. Now, again, our size difference is real. So it took a lot of fucking energy to push him. And I barely got the dude off my neck. Like I pushed him just enough so his mouth would get off my neck and stop biting me. Now, at this point, my neck is like sore and I was pretty sure he had broken my skin. Like it felt like somebody cut into my skin. That's how hard he was biting. So I stand up off my couch. He stands up too. And I'm like, you need to go right now. And his response is, no, no, I'm sorry. It's okay, babe. I didn't mean to do that. I won't do it again. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, you need to go now. When I say no or stop, that means no or fucking stop. So then he starts in with the sorry, sorry. And then I just stepped away. And I was like, get the fuck out of my apartment right now. Get out. So he turns up his face Starts putting his shoes on all angrily, like pretty much stomping into his shoes to get him on his feet, and then walks towards the door and turns back at me and says, well, can I at least have a kiss before I leave? And I was like, no, get the fuck out. So he stares, lingers for 30 seconds, and then I make a face like, I told you to get out. It's time to go. He opens my door. I slam it shut behind him. And lock my door and everything. And I'm like, thank fucking God this dude's gone. Now, that fucking situation was ridiculous. I don't ever want to have to deal or encounter something like that again. And if you are in that situation, make sure that you do everything to get that bitch off of you. I hope it doesn't happen to anybody else. Now, I'm not saying the story to say that I'm a victim of assault or harassment because I don't want to take it that route. I feel the way I handle it works for me. But this is one of the things when it comes to getting to know somebody that can happen. And because I was very clear that I was not okay with the situation and I did not give it any gray area because we set the expectations ourselves when we first start talking that sex was not a mandatory factor of this and we need to respect each other's boundaries he didn't respect my boundaries. And because I was very clear on what I was okay with, I felt no problems of just speaking my mind. Now, either way, if you don't have the chance or you don't end up setting clear boundaries for something, when you say stop or no, that's it, no matter what's going on. And I hope people understand that, that, It it, no means no. For me in this situation, this was one where it was like, okay, I've done everything. I know exactly what's going on here for myself. So I'm going to end this. Now, immediately after he was gone, I blacklisted him in my phone, blocked him from every social media thing that I had him on. And I'm like, dude, This is never going to happen again. Be careful because these things do happen. Now, while I did have a very negative experience with this dating portion, I've had some very positive dating experiences as well. You know, in the past, there was a guy that I was dating. This was maybe about a year ago. We never got physical. It was more just we had companionship with each other. We had a friendship, but it had the potential to go further. And that was a great dating situation for me. Another dating situation that was fantastic. There's a guy that I set boundaries with and our boundaries were we interact, we talk about things, we share animes and stuff together. It was a great thing. But when we want to have sex, we communicated that with each other. We want to do this. And that dating situation really worked really well. So, There are some huge positives and there's some negatives that can come out there. Just protect yourself and be safe. And just remember, you are not wrong for feeling how you feel. If you don't want something to happen as far as relationship or a dating situation, you have more power enough for yourself to end it. And I feel ending something in the dating phase is a lot easier than ending it when you're in the relationship phase. And... One other part of dating that I think is fun, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have gone through this, is when you end up reconnecting with an old fling or somebody that you had a situation with before, dating gives you a chance to experience that person all over again. And maybe if it was super serious in the past, maybe this time it can be a lot more lighthearted. So that way you have the chance to reconnect and get to know that person all over again. So it can be great to date. It can be scary to date. But dating's kind of, dating's got its own thing. I like it. Now, I got a couple of uh, submissions in this week. And they had to do with relationships and dating. So I, let's talk about them. Because there were some great things that you guys submitted. Um, the first person you submitted something, he goes by Alistair. I want to call you Alistair Crane. I don't know why. I feel like I know somebody named Alistair Crane or from a video game or something. But what Alistair said, he said, I never had a real open relationship. I'm too scared of what the world might think. I've tried in the past and got hurt seriously bad. I'm scared and I don't know. What the fuck do I do? So, Alistair, I will say this to you. The first portion of it, being scared of what people think. Don't be scared. Those people have nothing to do with you in your relationship. And this is even including family. If you want to have an open relationship, make sure that you have an open relationship that works for you. That The things that happen in your relationship are between you and the other individual or individuals. That is the person that you should, well, that's the person who, when it comes to their opinion, it actually matters because they're in the relationship with you. People who are looking from the outside in, I mean, who cares what they have to say? You still live with yourself. Those people hopefully aren't coming home with you. Um, even when it comes to family members, yes, they can feel how they feel, but at the end of the day, it's you and that other person or persons. If they're not in the situationship or the relationship or the open relationship with you, their opinion doesn't matter. You could be eating Cheerios out of this person's belly button. Does it matter what they say? Are they eating the belly button Cheerios? Are they touching that belly button milk? which sounds disgusting, by the way, but it doesn't matter. If they feel some type of way, they have to deal with that on their own. Don't let that affect your decision for your happiness. I got a second submission in, and this is from Bobby. Now, this one, Bobby, your situation. Let's just get into it. So Bobby said, tonight is my weirdest night. I was seeing a friend off to the airport, and when we got there, there was a loud guy talking behind us. He was saying that he was verse. I am verse as well. At first, I ignored him because my friend is straight and was with me. My friend and I walked on and got to the point where we had to say goodbye, I said goodbye and turned around to get ready to head back home. When I turned around, the stranger who was behind us following us talking loudly was approaching me with a boner. This is where he gets interested. In. He walks up and started off by asking me where he could find a whorehouse. Now, Bobby, if he asked you where a whorehouse was, I feel like that's very vintage language for a bathhouse or something. I'm afraid that he may have been Ichabod Crane or the Headless Horseman, just saying. But let's keep going. He asked me where I could find a whorehouse. I said, I have no idea. At that point, he started saying very sexy things to me, so I played along. Long story short, we found a corner on a lowly path and he sucked and winked me until I came. We exchanged numbers and went our separate ways. Now, what makes it weird is that he opened up to me and has told me that he was following me that day ever since I left my house. This is crazy to me. Should I still talk to him? And do you have a familiar experience? (laughs) Well, Bobby. First, I'm going to tell you, you are in danger. He was stalking you, even if it was only for one day. Stalking can feel very flattering. You feel like somebody's enamored with you. They're looking at you. But what creeps me the fuck out is that this man followed you from your house to the airport. Unless you walked out of your house screaming at the top of your lungs or had a banner on that you were going to the airport, that is a huge concern that this man followed you all the way there and had no idea where you were going from your house. Second, I don't know how close you live to this airport, but I still feel like this man was following you for some kind of distance. The fact that he had to say that he was following you ever since you left home makes me think that this was not a short distance. Because if he was just following you because he saw you at the airport, still creepy, but that's a different scenario. At least you guys were at the same place, not him following you out of your house to a different place. That's just, that's extreme. That's very extreme. And We've all had the... Well, I can't say we all have because I can't speak for other people. I can speak for myself. I have had the random hookup where you got to find a corner, a hallway, a closet, a table to get under, or I mean, hey, if you're adventurous enough, you just find a car to fuck through. I mean, one person outside the window, the other person in the backseat, it just looks like they're leaning up against their car. <laughs> but I digress. Um, but you know, it happens, Whatever you're good. The part for this, and when you said, should I still talk to him? I'm going to tell you no. I will say no because it's already extreme enough that he follow you from your house and he knows where you live. And maybe you don't know where he lives. That's a huge extreme and very creepy in itself. The second part of it, I feel like this is going to escalate. Like, he followed you from your house to the airport. What's the next step? He's going to leave locks of his hair taped to your door? Or he's going to come by and lick your doorknob every day after you walk in your house? You know, maybe while you're sitting in your living room and you happen to be watching the act on Hulu, he's watching through the window outside of your apartment and laughing along with you or getting spenceful feelings while you watch as well. Maybe his date night is going through your garbage to collect whatever you throw away and partially eaten things he has made into a sculpture of you in his closet. I am very concerned. I do not think you should talk to him. I feel like you should blacklist him on your phone. Do not message back and go for somebody who is not gonna stalk you. That is a very scary situation. Please be safe. I myself have only had one experience where I knew somebody was following me. Um, They didn't ever tell me that they were, but I knew because this person would pop up places that they had no business being at. And we actually worked together. And when we worked together, he would always be either in the cafeteria for some reason during my lunch when We knew neither of us had the same lunch period. After work, he would happen to pop up at the exact same gas stations or grocery stores that I would be at every day. Not just like once in a while, like literally every day. I'd be standing in line at HEB in Texas. And the next thing I know, he's behind me and comes up and decides to talk to me. But yet has nothing in his cart or doesn't even have a cart at all. Confusing. Very weird. It got uncomfortable, and it got uncomfortable to the point where I actually saw him drive past my apartment complex once, and I knew he did not live there. It creeped me out, and I had to get away from it. So I am just saying, be careful, Bobby. I think mean, you're in danger, girl. Be careful, okay? Um, Those were two things that got submitted to me, and I thought they were great, you know, I will go back to the point that dating is is what you make it. Make sure that you're ready for it. Going out there into this world and building bridges and things with people, especially when it comes to dating, can be tricky. It can be scary. But do not forget, it can be fun as hell. You can have some great times dating. Um, But thank you guys for listening to episode six of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. As always, I'm Andrew Shepard. And you can find me on social media, every single platform as AJ VanderTunt. The first name is AJAY. Last name is V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T. And if you'd like to submit to the show, you can do that through any of the social media platforms. Just DM me. Or you can send an email to lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in George, B as in boy, B as in boy, at gmail.com. And when you submit something, if you would like to remain anonymous, I can keep you anonymous. If you'd like to have me say your name, you want me to give you a shout out, plug your social media. I can do all of that as well. Um, if you liked this I would appreciate it if you did rate the podcast, which I just found out that you can rate it. Um, I'm still new to that part of this. And also, if you can share it with your friends, share it with family. Share this because the more that you listen, the more you make this possible. And like I said in the beginning, this wouldn't be possible without having you guys out there too. Um, Thank you you guys enjoy your Friday. Have a fantastic weekend. And if you get a chance, hug a stranger. A stranger that you have not hugged is a friend that you just haven't touched. That's all they are. So have fun with it and you guys have a great weekend.